Happy May the 4th, bro. Dude, happy Star Wars Day. Besides that intro, did you do anything Star Wars today? (laughs) I didn't do a single thing Star Wars. I did see uh, our buddy from the Pullbox Pals, uh, Mad. He's reading a bunch of Star Wars comics for the day, but Dude, yeah, you know got, I'm not a Star Wars guy. He got a ton of Star Wars stuff uh, this week. I saw him post. You know I'm not a Star Wars guy, dude. You know I did mention it at work today, but I didn't do anything either. I I, I did build a rad Lego set over the weekend though uh, with my son. We did a oh um, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, uh, Luke and his little little jet fighter. I don't even know what it's called. That's how bad of a Star Wars fan I am. Is it like an X one yeah, or something? X wing, the X wing, X wing. I'll tell you what, it was challenging to put together, man. There's a part like that goes in the back that like makes the wings fold together and uh, come apart when you're flying it, and uh, it was tough. It said eight plus, but they should have put thirty eight plus on there. <laughs> was that the hard, me- Was that even harder than the big boy? Yeah, it was. Really? There was tons of moving pieces and like the way it, uh, it was tough. I don't know, man. I don't know if I have the patience for one of those things. Yeah, it was cool. My son and, you know, like, of course, right when I build it, my son's like, let me rip it around. And I'm like, yeah, buddy. And then it's broken in five minutes. All that hard work. (laughs) Putting it back together. Yeah. But he's been ripping it around and uh, loving it. So that was cool. Did you finish Mando? No, nope, I'm not all the way caught up on Mando. I mean, I uh, sad to say I'm not. I think Sweet Tooth kind of took over for me. Yeah, me too. Uh, I'd actually love to talk to you about Sweet Tooth, but how was your week, buddy? Dude, I had a pretty decent week. Um, I, I guess just average. Nothing too crazy went down. The weather's been nice. Besides, we had a little oh, bit of wind man. rolling through. So from that wind, man, that one day of wind just blew all the pollen in my nose. And... Mm-hmm. Um, Beat me up. <laughs> Just beat you up, bro. <laughs> what about you? How's your week? Dude, I had a pretty uh, intense week, man. We're updating the studio at work, our reco- recording studio. And, you know, I didn't set it up in the first place. So it's been a lot of work, a lot of headache. Uh, but I'm going to be stoked once it's all up to date. And I can't wait for that. But, you know, the problem with working for a nonprofit is that nothing is new. And so all of our operating systems on our computer are like 10 years old and none of these audio interfaces want to work with it. They're like, nope, you got to update. But then I go to update and my computer's too old to update. <laughs> so that's where the headache comes in, trying to like work around the limitations. And- yeah, yeah, yeah. I hear you. But. I'm stoked, man. I, I'm just, I'm just grateful I get to do audio stuff for my job. So you know, yeah, that's gotta uh, be cool, man. That's pretty cool. I, I like mean, it. I wish I was a little more tech savvy, but um, part of me doesn't have the patience for it, and another part of me is just like, get the technology out of here. Yeah, it's funny to talk about not having the patience for it because I wouldn't have the patience to build a Lego set, but you can build a Lego set. <laughs> yeah. That's very it's just, true. You know, so you have patience. It's just you work it out in different areas than I do. Yeah. I, I couldn't do the technology thing. I don't know. I I'm sure it. if I sat down and gave it a good good effort. Give it I a could, good old try. Yeah, give it the old college try. I think I would be fine, but 
I don't know. I are Google. you guys running uh, with like Windows? Or are you guys doing Macs? No, we doing? have all Macs. We yeah. have all Macs. Yeah. And that our IT of- guy that was there a while ago, he, that's how he started it all. So that's yeah. what we roll with. In, in that world, like, is that the the way to go using like Apple products or? I think so, mainly because the. Um, so I, it's just good. F- that everybody can be on the same page a lot easier because, you know, iOS, Mac devices, we're all, you know, it's all just an ecosystem that works really well for that, you know, for employees and gotcha. it works well. Good. Well, I'm glad you had a good week. Uh, yeah, it was good. I'm burnt though, man. It was a, it was one of the hardest weeks I've had in terms of reading probably since we started the show. Yeah, like, same here for some reason. No, exactly. I just didn't have the time. When I had the time, I didn't feel like reading. I was like, I'm just going to play some Mario Kart or watch some playoffs <laughs> and uh, go to bed, dude. You've been putting that Switch to use lately. Dude, I bought a, I bought one for the TV. And because uh, my kids are finally like really taking an interest in it. And it's just been so much fun, dude. Even tonight, we do an hour of brain time every night. And uh, it was just me at home with the kids. So they're like, Dad, for brain time, can we play Mario Kart? And I'm like, heck yeah, we can. Yeah, Let's we get can. it. Let's Mom rip here. it. Let's rip it. <laughs> <laughs> so it's funny. They still turn into the walls and keep driving into the wall a little bit, which gives me massive anxiety. And yeah. I try to I try to stay calm, dude. I try. But I'm like, all right, you can't keep driving into the wall if you want to win. <laughs> <laughs> Have they figured out how to like shoot shoot shells and all that? Uh, uh, just tonight, my oldest ones was shooting shells a little bit today. But right now, when she shoots shells, she's letting go of the joystick and driving into walls. So you know, it's a work in progress. Speaking of Mario, let me tell you something. Um, I had a rare event happen where I was able to go to the movies, and I went. And oh, watched did you see the, Mario? I went and watched the new Mario movie. Dude, right. And, you know, all the previews, I was stoked because I really wanted to watch the part where they're like driving their carts around, you know, and shooting shells. Yeah. And of course, dude, right when that part goes to kick off, who's got to go to the restroom? You. My son. Oh, okay. And it's, <laughs> it's the, usually it, me around my house. Dude, when you've got a toddler that you got to take to the restroom, it's not like a quick deal. Like, hey, let's get down no. there. Let's, you know, do what we got to do. Let's get back into the theater. He's running up and down the hallways, bro. He's playing with the soap dispenser. He's got to tie his shoe. He's like, wants to check out movie posters. And 10 minutes later, I roll back to the theater and I miss the whole... Mar- no that's <laughs> the whole the whole part where it was them in the in the cart so i was super oh, man pumped on that what a bummer bro <laughs> so um i was able to see the start of that and then um went back in and it was over so i heard you had a fun experience with somebody behind oh, you oh my goodness dude so it's been ages since i've been to the movie i can't even remember what movie i went and saw last i think it was like venom Oh, did you go see that in the theater? Yeah, I think it was Venom. Um, No, it could have been. Was it Doctor Doctor Strange? Strange? Yeah, it could have been Doctor Strange. Yep. So that that was a while ago. But yeah, dude. So I'm sitting in the theater, and um, this dude walks in, and I'm I'm like maybe the fourth row from the top. We're like in the middle of the theater, and this dude walks past me, and he has his two two boys with him. And these kids were stoked. You know, you could tell they're all pumped. They had their Slurpees and big old 
boxes of popcorn, you know? And I was like, right on. So they walked by me all decked out in Mario gear. And I was like, dude, these guys are in it. And they go to the top. So they're sitting at the top. And um, <laughs> I give props to this dad. Uh, five minutes and not even five minutes into the movie, dude. It's like the introduction scene. It gets quiet, and I just hear someone sawing logs, snoring, <laughs> dude, like a bear. And at first, I was like, no way. This can't be legit. Like, I'm looking around. Like, finally, I look up, and I spot them. And we, the, the theater we go to has, like, the big recliner comfy chairs that have, like, the heat sensor so you can turn on the heat. Really? This dude is snoring like he's in a deep rim cycle sleep. The whole movie, dude. So every time it was like a quiet scene, you just hear this guy snoring. And I couldn't keep it in, and I'm dying. So every time it's a quiet spot, you hear the dude snoring in the very back row. I'm busting up laughing. My wife's like looking at me not to laugh, so I don't like make my kids laugh and have them notice this guy snoring. And it was hilarious. But at the same time, a little distracting because then I would just focus on the... I would be like... Is the dude still asleep? And I'd hear. <laughs> and I'd be like, yep, still out. So he paid probably, you know, 50 bucks for him and his kids to come. And he took a nap, $50 nap for that man. Dude, sometimes that's what you got to pay to get a good nap with you kids, gotta, bro. You got to get a nap in where you can. <laughs> have you ever fell asleep in a movie? Never. My wife has. I have to one time. And it was a movie I went to watch with you. I remember it specifically because you were like, dude, how could you fall asleep in a movie? I, I think I was... I want to say the same thing still today to my wife. Yes. I was like, how are you falling asleep, dude? <laughs> I drove out to visit you in California, and it was late. And I got there, and we were watching, I think it was Sin City. And oh, well, I, I can see falling asleep in that one. I met you at the theater, and it was a long one. And I literally zonked out through the whole movie, in and out. I, I don't remember any of that movie. And I just remember afterwards, you're like are you all right? And I was like, dude, I was just drove all day and met you at the theater and <laughs> like at 10 o'clock showing and I was zonked. Yeah. I don't remember. Were you, you moved back to Arizona and you came out to visit? I think so. Yeah. I came out to visit, met you. I think Megan. I think was I, I with Megan? I can't remember. I don't know, but I just remember maybe it was just me, you and we should work this out on the podcast. Yeah. Let's get it all down. <laughs> Everybody wants to hear what we did and who we were yeah. with and me falling yeah. asleep. <laughs> Anyways, that's the only time I've ever fallen asleep in a movie was out. That's a, a movie that makes sense to me to fall asleep to. I've tried falling honest. asleep in other movies that I didn't want to watch that I just go. And you couldn't? No. Uh, I just always self-conscious because I don't want to be that dude in the back snoring loud. Let me ask you a, a Mario question. Is that? Can I ask you a Mario yeah, yeah. question? Yeah, yeah. Have you ever gone to one of the Universal Studios Mario lands yet? It would be fun. Never done it. I think it would be cool, bro. I want to go, man. I seen this. Um, I'll have to send you the video. I think I seen it on Instagram. It was this indoor go-kart track. And dude, I saw that today. Yes, they set it up for like a legit like Mario Kart and you can yeah. capture stuff like they have it. I don't know how they do it. They do like graphics on the ground or something and you can run them over and you get shells and it looks so fun. Dude, I'd lose it's all my like mind. Neon. Yeah, that. yeah. It's all like light, like glow in the dark and it looks the coolest like indoor go-kart track ever. Dude, 
so rad. Ever since we started like shooting memes off to, to each other, I feel like our search feeds have become like the same, bro. Because <laughs> I'd be like, oh yeah, I saw that today too. <laughs> yeah. It's hysterical. But yeah, ever since I seen that uh, cart track, I'm like, dude, I got to go there because it just looks fun. Have you ever gone to like a fast go-kart track? Oh, yeah. Dude, so much Rip fun. Dude. I did it for it? my uh, bachelor party. The dudes all took me to uh, like a K1 or something like that. That yeah. was fun, dude. Those little tiny carts rip. Dude, rip, rip. Anyways, um, what do you say we uh, What do you say we dive into the old uh, Skyward uh, Volume 2? Let's get it, dude. You want you want to give an overview of this volume? You want me to do it? How, how do you want to? Yeah, sure. So this picks up where we left off, and it ends in somewhere we weren't the first time around. That's exactly <laughs> what happens. <laughs> <laughs> so this picks up with Will, and you remember at the end of Volume 1, her and Barrow were brawling on a rooftop, and Dad kind of saved the day, but Dad ended up uh, floating away and left Will uh, the notebook with how to save the world. And so this, this volume kind of picks up with her on that mission. She thinks that her dad's telling her she needs to go to Kansas city. Yep. Yep. And, uh, man, some wild stuff goes down on her mission to, to fulfill her dad's sort of last wish of, of saving the world. But I have a question up front about this. Yeah. Did you feel like that? Yeah. Did you feel like that stuff you would have appreciated a little bit more, like explanation or or like some sort of internal dialogue from Willa on this. It was just like uh, you're just kind of thrown into like, oh, Dad says go to Kansas City, and it was just so random for like a good three issues. You're just like Kansas it's almost, City. It's almost the entire time because like yeah, as she gets going on this journey, we see that um, <clears throat> Edison is with her. Yeah, her her buddy from from uh, Volume One. And um, he's accompanying her on the on the on the trek, and um, she's even like keeping it top top secret from him. Like she doesn't want to say anything, and yeah, it's all kind of low key. So I, I did wish we got like some more information of what's in this book. Like, what does yeah. she got to even do to bring gravity back? Like, we don't even have a clue what she's even got to do. And bro, it doesn't seem like we're gonna get it. Right, because it was given away to Barrel at the end. Like he has the book now. Yep. And so, and yeah. So I don't know. And Kansas City supposedly is now got laid to waste. Yeah. By the, I can't remember his name. What what was the gnarly winged dude? Dude with the big sword. Yeah. Um. Let me look. Lucas. It's Lucas. Yeah. So Lucas. So let's back up here. So they're traveling on this on this uh, like magnetic train because it's like one of the only forms of transportation. Can I time out you for a second? Time me out. I'm sorry, man. Um, so that's interesting that you say magnetic train. Because uh, to be honest with you, I didn't really know it was magnetic. It makes sense now uh, that you mention it. But I just figured they were kind of using an old train that was on a tracks. And if it's on a track, it doesn't fall off. And when they're walking into the train, I was so confused why the seats were all vertical. Because then when you flip the page, it's not like they're traveling up and down. They're just going horizontal. Like they're walking into that train on that very first panel of 
issue six. Yeah, it's like that, that, kid, that kid and her dad. Yeah. Isn't that a weird panel with the vertical chairs? Yeah, and I don't understand why they did that. Maybe it has something to do with... Uh, I, I, I never... I, I don't know. I didn't get it with yeah, the vertical chairs. And were you a little confused with the dad and daughter here? At first, for like a brief minute, I thought maybe we had flashback. Flashback, yeah. I thought it was a flashback as well in the very beginning. So, But it's just a, it's just a dad and a daughter boarding a train, and that's kind of where it starts and on the train is Willa and Edison because they're trying to get to Kansas city. Yeah. So she's pretty much, she's pretty much known now as a fugitive throughout. I would assume the whole area, maybe even the country. I don't know. Uh, um, our main villain here has her like blasted everywhere that she's wanted. Um, she supposedly did a bunch Barrel. of damage. To one, yeah. Barrel. She supposedly did a bunch of, <laughs> what I say? Main villain. No, no. It's so funny because we're so bad with names that I was listening to uh, last week's episode and you're like, I don't know, the main guy and the main villain. (laughs) (laughs) And I just started dying, dude. I was like, you have the main guy and main villain. I was dying because like Ross texted us the other day and he was dying laughing because I was calling somebody Jack Nicholson. No, you called him Jack Nicholas, and it was supposed to be I Jack Nicholson. I don't know what I did, dude, and I was dying. I was like, I'm terrible with names, Ross. You know this, man. So funny. Sorry to interrupt again. I'm on a no. roll of interrupting. Yeah, so um, she's pretty much wanted. So she's got to, like, hide out, like, as a stowaway in the back while Edison's kind of, like, he's laying low as well, but they're traveling, and um, there's, like, no no way to get to other cities, like, besides this train yeah magnetic train um in between the cities they like got rid of all the trees which we find out later why um and towards the end of issue one man we get a big crazy surprise which i didn't see coming you kind of mentioned it last week uh two weeks ago when we did volume one because you you were like i'm flipping ahead and looking there's some bugs coming out yeah so one of the crazy things is is that on the train uh while they're kind of traveling on the train it flashes to barrow and his crew and uh, dude, Barrow's just lit up, mad dude. Like yeah. he knows that you know she has Dad's book that it has a cure for G Day, and so he's like, nothing matters more than catching Willa at this point. And since they control all the technology and all this magnetism stuff, he just shuts the trains down so that they can't go. And so they're stuck now in the middle of nowhere. And uh, Willa doesn't even know this. It's a surprise to her. But Edison seems to know that there's a reason nobody lives in the forest. And that's because there are gigantic Jurassic Park style bugs. Yeah, something happened when gravity left. They don't really go into like crazy detail about it. It was just briefly mentioned that basically. I'm glad that's how it went, to be honest with you. If there was too much, too much explanation on it, I would have nitpicked it. But like being able to just be like, well, gravity went away. uh, So, you know, they were able to grow really fast. And some of the carnivore ones grew faster than the other ones. Yeah, they adapted differently. My only point and my only question was, if that's true for the bugs, why isn't it true for the humans? Yeah, that was the only nitpicky thing, but I just let it go really quick and didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, it kind of was hidden from the world. So Burrow yeah. supposedly found a way to keep the bugs away from the city. They chopped down all the trees. And they, they, I mean, if you think about it, the trees, like if there's big forest, it creates a good canopy. 
So you can live out there. You're not going to float away out in the space because you're going to always grab onto trees. Um, anyway, is that so, what they were talking about when they mentioned the canopy? He yeah. was like, oh, yeah. I mean, that's a good point. Yeah. So, yeah, that's how she stumbles. You know, she Willow's like, hey, we still need to get to Kansas City. Let's get off this train. Burrow's going to be here anytime. They get the big surprise with these bugs. Uh, they start ripping people out of the out of the train. And of course, Willa being who she is, she wants to help. So she's Yeah, because the dad that we met at the beginning of this issue with the daughter, he's the first one ripped out of the train. And I think there's a little bit of uh, you know, seeing herself in this situation. And she's yeah. like, No, you're not leaving your daughter alone. Cause she just went through losing her dad. And yeah. to see that young little girl have her dad ripped away from her right in front of her, uh, Willa jumped right into action without any hesitation, bro. Yeah, and some of the scenes right here are so rad. Like the the Dude, art, is the double page, super fun. Yeah, of the dragonflies. Yeah, super fun scenes where she's like again using the gun to basically like, yeah, scooter through and a the little air. fire extinguisher. Yeah, so it was really cool. Some really fun scenes through there. Um, but anyways, as she's out there, she's gonna get dominated because there's all these dragonflies around. And this crew shows up with this Lucas guy and he comes and kind of saves the day with his crew. And they're almost like, they're pretty much like farmers, we find out yeah. later down the road. Uh, what'd you think of Lucas when you first met him here in issue seven? Dude, I thought he was rad. I loved him, dude. I was like, Lucas, dude. Yeah. Dude, <laughs> comes so to the rescue. dude, he was rad, dude. I like. What'd you think about their, his like whole arc? Like his his storyline because you go up and down with him and and the whole you know he gives you a little bit of a background of like why they're out there come to find out he um dude you find out some crazy stuff with him and the whole yeah. farm thing is gnarly yeah i loved his arc dude i thought i mean it's frustrating because of what he decides to do but i think as it's written for a story like i was I was all in, dude. I was because it just, I think in this volume, there was a lot of twists and turns, even with Barrow at the end. Oh, like, I didn't yeah. see that Tons coming. Of twists dude. And turns. One thing that I thought was like the craziest thing is so these guys, when, when G Day first happened, think about like all the farms and the cows just disappearing out into the, <laughs> out into the, to the abyss, you know, they're floating up into the space. So Burrow created these like farms to try to keep cows like, Chain no down to the ground. Farms, yeah. yeah. And it didn't work too well. So what he ends up explaining to Willa is that basically once the cows disappeared, they needed some form of meat. So they were basically. Oh, my gosh, bro. They I were know. farming bugs, dude, and sending bug meat, like big old dragonfly meat back to the city. And that's what they've been eating this whole time. I know. And Will is like, I've never eat, eaten a bug. Or so she asked the question some way. And he's like, that's all you've ever eaten. Yeah. How weird was that? That blew my mind, dude. I forgot about that till just now when you <laughs> mentioned it, man. Wow. Well, I mean, but it makes total sense. Like they would yeah. have no other source of protein, I guess. Like. Like all the oh man, I was just like blown away, dude. I was like, that's wild, dude. That's nuts, man. I forgot about that. What'd you think about his crew kind of riding uh, butterflies and figuring out how to ride the dragonflies? I thought it was rad, super resourceful. You know, they had to do what they had to do to survive because they were kind of like forgotten out there. Like Burrow, you know, Burrow's just this money hungry, crazy dude that that's all he cares about. Like just destroyed all these people that were living out there. Didn't care about them, nothing. And so that kind of going back to like 
this uh lucas's arc with with his whole crew like they're on a mission like a vengeance mission as well you know like yeah, yeah. so they have their own um agenda. reasons for one, yeah, 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 yeah 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 and so willa has her thing that she wants to do burrow has hers and then the thing that i thought was the biggest twist was with her friend um edison that was a big twist for I sure i mean he i didn't see that happening you know like how it played no. out i was like oh no edison don't do it my man and he did it but really quick before we hop to that part i did think that it was kind of cool that lucas and willa ended up realizing they were both on the same mission they felt like they had to save the world and so it kind of brought them together you know and so yeah, there was this yeah. weird kind of like almost like a little love triangle throughout this arc yep, that i thought yep. was just kind of funny uh that's all i wanted to say really quick the, yeah, the love no, triangle yeah, was yeah. no you're absolutely right they they were like on the same page for a while until you've seen like kind of different motives you know like at first they thought they were for sure doing the same thing and then they were talking totally talking about something different well what is so lucas's mission pretty much ends up being he wants to just enact revenge on everybody who's he thinks is responsible wants to take the world back for himself and his yeah. crew get rid of so, all the magnetic stuff and the technology yeah. which in, in turn is would, that what he wants to you think he wants yeah. to get rid of all that i think so which would in turn would throw the world into worse chaos because all those people are so used to that yeah. you know and, and willa and, does end up saying that to him but what's willa's mission it kind of feels aimless she's just like i'm following a book uh my dad says i'll figure out how to save the world if i get to kansas city but what do you think it is Willa envisions as saving the world at this point in the story? Well, according to the, to dad, like he whatever's in that book teaches can bring gravity back. But it seemed like Willa when cuz at the end Barrow ends up spilling the beans to Edison that Willa wants to bring gravity back and that's going to ruin Edison because Edison's got no legs and so no gravity's kind of his jam. And so uh, Edison pretty much decides he's going to turn on Willa in that moment when Barrow is kind of telling him that and gives Barrow Willa's dad's book. And um, yeah, Barrow's manipulative. He's manipulative, man. Dude, he is, dude. And he has the same method he uses each time, though. And Willa caught on pretty quick where he just kind of like almost tries to like. Um, gaslight you you know he's he's just gaslighting everybody making them feel like they're crazy if they do something and it's pretty nuts yeah it's wild so in this like we have now like four people four groups of people we have burrow and his team we have willa the what she wants to do we have lucas and his crew and then we have um edison Right. But before we get lost, I do want to ask you again. Yeah. Because no. I feel like I, I lost this train of thought for a second. We know what Lucas's goal is. We know what we think Willa's goal is because that's what Barrow thinks Willa's goal is, is to get rid of gravity. I'm not to necessarily... bring gravity back, you mean. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not necessarily sure that's what Willa th thinks because at the end here, I mean, I guess she does say like to, to Edison, oh, I guess I should have told you. I'm sorry I didn't tell you. So maybe it is. Yeah. I just kind of, it kind of felt like she was walking it back a little bit. And I wonder if 
she is going to actually get rid of gravity because it seemed like she was really aware of what you were talking about earlier. Like, just blanket turning gravity back on is going to be weird for a lot of people. Well, I see. I don't think Lucas and his crew know that they can turn gravity back on. They just want to get rid of uh, Bar Barrow and like all yes, him because that makes perfect sense. Because Barrow is this money hungry dude that didn't care about them, so they want to. They're going after Burrow to ruin Burrow, but uh, right. and, and his whole thing. And no. then if they did that and got rid of the technology, all the people that are used to it living down in the you know in the in the rich Ooh. areas that we call it with their, you know, basically living like gravity still exists. They yep. wouldn't be able to do that because all that stuff that Burrow created will be non-existent anymore. Right. And so all those people would be thrown into this chaos that they wouldn't be able to handle. Like Willa, she lived uh, up in the lower class, so she's used to it. So imagine all those people down below getting thrown. Basically, they would just float up and die. Right. And they... When, because in in the beginning, when she meets Lucas, he's like, "Yeah, we're going to Kansas City," and she's like, "Oh yeah, I'm going to Kansas City." So they think they're doing the same thing, bringing gravity back. But Will is bringing gravity back, and he's going to Kansas City to destroy Burroughs stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that so they sense. they end up. This is where um the the point that Willa and Lucas kind of part ways is because Willa and um Lucas's crew they go to Kansas City. And it like turns out like to be a massacre. And yeah, a they just of, they, they destroy that whole that whole city. It's yeah. gone. And so Willow finally realizes, wait, you're not trying to bring gravity back and save the world. You're just trying to go after Burrow. Makes sense. I'm, and so I'm that, sure glad that you know <laughs> how to tell me what I'm clearly missing. Because after you explain it, I'm always like, man, I must sound stupid on this podcast. <laughs> Like, of course that's what it is. I mean, I could be way off, but that's what I got. No, I think you're 100% and, right. And so what happens in all that chaos now is um, Willa and Edison go through their rift because Edison gives Burrow the book, right? Yeah. Then um, Willa and Lucas's crew split up. Then they capture Burrow. So now Burrow is with Lucas and they have... Um, Burrow still has the book. So now Willa and Edison, they have to team up to save Burrow, which is the person they hate the least, right? Or, you know what I mean? They, they want the most. Yeah, the most, exactly. And so now at the last, you know, the last issue, when, when Willa finds out what Lucas's main goal is to shut off all the tech, that's pretty much what they did in Kansas City. They went in there to destroy the tech there. They messed up turned off the technology that Burrow created to keep the bugs away. And all these giant bugs rolled into Kansas City and like destroyed it. And so their next move, Lucas is going to do the same thing to Chicago. Well, that's where they're from. That's where all their loved ones are. They're going to basically like torture Burrow until they get all the information they need to go into Chicago and do the same thing they did to Kansas City. So Willa finds that out. Now they're against each other. In order to prevent that, they like have to, her and Edison have to team up and save Barrow. Barrow. Right. So now yeah. the dude they yeah, hate yeah. most, they're going in to save him. And so it was like a lot of twists and turns in there. 
I loved it, man. I thought it was really cool and it was fun. And I never had like firm footing because for a while I'm rooting for Lucas. Then I'm like, whoa, Lucas is a maniac. Dude, yeah. And, 100%. Uh, and then like, oh man, maybe Barrel has some, like he's saying something true, even though you don't like him. And uh, it was wild, dude. Yeah, and there was a lot at of first, I'm downs. rooting yeah. for Willa and Lucas. I'm like, you got to get with Bug Boy. Like, this is it. <laughs> and then I turn around, I turn a page and I see Edison. And I'm like, no, Edison's loved you forever. Yeah. He like goes out of his way. Like, he doesn't need to be, you know, floating around, sending packages. But he does it because he likes that. He likes to live real. I don't know how else to really describe it. And he yeah, yeah. seems like he really loves Willa. Yeah, no, I agree with you 100%. Um, so anyway, dude, it kind of like just ends up with kind of another foot race uh, where Willa's trying to out, like you said, trying to get to Kansas City to to beat Barrow there, get her book back and and stop him from doing whatever the heck he's going to do. Yeah, because maybe he maybe what he's going to Kansas is to like destroy whatever the, this possible cure is and she needs to get there first you got lucas and edison brawling um let me ask you this what do you think that like what do you think is the possible cure to bring back gravity is it some machine you think that burrow created that got rid of gravity I don't know, but even when they were talking about the farms they said that he was prepared remember so he was building low g uh, farms right. before so G-Day. My mind is going to maybe before this all happened, Willa's dad and Barrow were working together on something and they figured out how to get rid of, like maybe they created a machine to get rid of gravity. And as they were figuring that out, Barrow realized, hey, I'm going to turn this into a cash cow and let's do it. Went behind the dad's back, maybe this machine got created, and um, that's where we are now. Because that's the I only think way. Maybe I he's could... got like some sort of machine underground in Kansas City that's that's running and turning off gravity or something. I think so. Maybe maybe some like giant drill or something down in the the crust of the earth. I don't know. That that's the only thing I can think of. Let me ask you this. Is Willa going to succeed in turning gravity back on? I don't know. I don't know if she really wants to, too, because she loves doing living in that life. That's what I mean. Oh, and I have another question about living this life. You know how the, she's always talking like she loves to fly and you know, all that stuff? You know what? I I feel like... Would you still love it if that's all you've ever known? Or is it only like the idea of flying cool because we can't fly? I was just randomly thinking about that when I was watching her. Like, would she really think flying's that cool? Like, she's done it her whole life. Like, all she knows is flying. Why is it cool? Do you know what I'm trying to say? Yeah, I mean, I, I see what you're saying. Like, But also, she still sees people that are living like there's grab. I don't know. Yeah, I get that too. She's seeing them all one foot in front of another taking their time when you could just be flying around. Did I say taking their time? T taking their time, yeah. Yeah, like a cool little... <laughs> cool. <laughs> anyway, dude, uh, it ends in a wild note, man, because, you know, she's, she's running to Kansas City, you know, and um, 
there's some sort of little mummy dude or something who's looking at her through binoculars and says, uh, Willa, my sweet baby girl, I'm coming for you, bro. It's Who gotta is be it? the mom. That's my guess, too, man. There's no way it's dad. Dad's still floating around out there, is my guess. Or he got picked up by a space station and he's hanging out with ET something. And this is mom. But how did mom get down here, bro? Yeah, I don't know because whoever it is is decked out in a bunch of gear. You can't tell. They look like they're from Star Wars. They're one of those. Uh, yeah. What are those dudes in Mando that are, they like scavenge for tech stuff all the time? Yeah, I can't remember their names. Ravengers. Yep. Is that it? I'm guessing. Sounds like it. Sounds good. Yeah. I don't know. It leaves you on a cliffhanger, though, because, you know, Barrel's still alive. He's going to Kansas City. Will is on her way to Kansas City. And now at this point, she's just running, dude. On her feet. And it looks like barefoot shoes, bro. It doesn't look like flat barefoot shoes. Yeah. Me and her, we could be friends and with our shin splints. So we got a lot of questions um, trying to figure out. What's going to happen here? Uh, they're racing to Kansas City. You still got Lucas and his crew. He's still alive. Gonna. Do... I'm hoping they team up together and he realizes, you know, like... Lucas and Willa do? Yeah. I was wondering, too, like, what, like after hearing you kind of explain it, like, if, if he realizes she's trying to turn on gravity and that's going to disrupt the order that frustrates Lucas, maybe they can... If he could put aside his bloodlust maybe they could work together to achieve a similar goal yeah so that's what i'm hoping happens but now we got this character at the end thrown in there you don't know if it's mom you don't know it's got to be mom or dad 100 percent. there's no way it's dad i think it's mom or maybe it's somebody no it's got to be mom i think it's 100 percent mom I just I have put, so I many put money on mom. I just have so many other questions. If it is mom, like if it is mom, I know, I know. Why in that? Why did it take eighteen years to find Willa? I don't know. And how is she in the right spot right now <laughs> to see her running through the desert? Yeah, maybe she's been tracking her down for this long and finally caught. I don't know. I just I, if it's mom, I got so many questions. Yeah, I did have another question. Um, right before we, I, I do want to know what you thought of this, uh, volume in terms of a rating compared to the other one, but before you get there, what'd you think of the bugs? Be honest. Like, uh, it, I mean, we had a, we had a wild world already, you know, with that weird storm magnet, you know, walkers the storm was really cool. flying around and, um, this volume was totally different, man, with the Jurassic bugs. And uh, I don't want to tell you what I thought up front. I don't want it to color color what you thought. But maybe you could tell us kind of overall what you thought of this volume compared to the first one and lead into it with a little bit of what you thought about the bug world. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> so starting off, picking up issue six, getting into it. I didn't know about the bugs, really. You kind of mentioned it to me, you know, at the end of... Uh, our first episode on this. I was kind of thrown off by the bugs at first. I didn't know, I didn't know what to, what, how to think about it, you know, but the more it went on, like there was, I don't know. They made it make sense. Like, you know, then they gave the backstory of, Oh, well the cows disappeared. So then we had to farm bugs and this. So it played out to be okay for me. But at first I was like, it was a little bit out there for me. 
to be yeah. honest. Um, Overall, though, I did like the story. I don't like it as much as I liked volume one, but I still am invested in it. And I, I still want to know what's going on. I still want to see, you know, how graffiti disappeared in the first place, how it's going to be solved, um, who this other mystery character is now at the end. And I, it, this is, I don't know, this, I guess, was like this middle part of the story that's going to get to like yeah. the the main chunk of it which is going to be really good is what i'm expecting yeah so as far as an overall rating i remember f- we gave volume one a five yeah Both i love the vol yeah i love volume one i would probably give this one probably a four yeah um it was still good but there were still some things i um you know i didn't necessarily like but as the story progressed through this volume i was okay with it so yeah, that's where that's where I say I'm I'm at with it. Um, I like the twists and the turns. There's a lot of stuff I didn't see coming, like the stuff with Edison and uh, Barrow. Um, so it was neat. I enjoyed it. What about you? Tell me, tell me what you thought. I loved it, man. Um, it's not as open a- a feeling as the first volume, where it just felt big. Uh, this felt a little bit more constrained because we're kind of stuck in the forest and in their little compound. And so the world kind of felt like it got a lot smaller. And in that regard, it felt not as, um, it wasn't as, I don't know what the right word to say is. I want to say fun. It wasn't as fun, but I don't know if this necessarily captures entirely what I mean, because it was still fun, but the world building kind of took a back seat a little bit. Uh, would you agree with that or no? Yeah, I would agree with you um, a little bit. I will say maybe like this one, as far as you're saying like fun, like this one was maybe a little more like, I guess you could say darker. And the first one like had a lot of like thrilling, fun action scenes where it wasn't as like, oh no, like life threatening, I guess I want to say just like fun, you know, action sequences where this one was maybe a little more on a darker side, I guess you could say. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Exactly kind of captures what I'm thinking. Um, I love the bugs. I did, you know, for what it is, you just accept it uh, and move on. But I thought it was cool. It was cool to see Lucas flying around on a butterfly and just being a boss. And uh, I would say I'd give it a four. Mainly just because of what I said. It just felt like um, the tone changed, like you said, and it felt kind of sharp. Uh, it wasn't as exciting. I don't even know if that's the right way to put it. I'm just going to say it wasn't as happy. <laughs> and uh, still a rad world. I love the twists and turns in this one, though. Like, yeah, I think there yeah. was three or four of them. And that ending, uh, to the cliffhanger, the, the volume was like, dude... Well done. As a monk would say, chef's kiss. And uh, <laughs> so, dude, so far, uh, I'm loving this story, dude. And I, 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 there's no way I'm getting this far. And I guess I'm just saying I cannot wait to find out how it ends. Oh, yeah, for sure. So I'm all in, dude. I give it a, I give it a four with you. So a little step back from volume one. I think sometimes that's expected in the middle of a three arc. Kind and of that's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's kind of like 
start off like peak, you know, top. This one kind of like still good. And then I think it's going to end on a banger. Dude, straight banger, dude. So, uh, again, thanks for picking this bad boy out, dude. I'm thrilled about it. And uh, can't wait to finish it up in two weeks, man. Yeah, should be good. Dude, real quick. Um, I know we're, we're pressed for time here. Let's, um, I didn't get any reading in besides our VO dub, but I did get to watch episode two of Sweet Tooth. Let's Big touch. Man. Dude, yeah, let's touch on that real quick. What'd you think? How'd you like the episode overall? Um, how the story was going? I love it that Big Man's back. I loved it, dude. I loved it so much. But real quick, my favorite part in the whole thing is at the very end. I love Big Man, dude. I'm such a Big Man fan, yeah. dude. I, I don't think I could really. Job. I know. I don't even think I could sell it to you how pumped I was just to see him. And the end, dude, where he's kind of in a fight with uh, the, the lady. They're trying to start the truck and he's about to bounce. Yeah. And she's like, are you not going to? She's like, what about Gus? And he just looks at her and he's like, the dog was a promise. Then I keep my promises. I was like, oh, Big man. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Big man like does that a couple times during this episode where he's like going to go leave with, you know, he's like yeah. taking off on his own. And the mom is like, dude, like, what about Gus? And he's like, all right, yeah, you're right. Let's go. You know? Well, it's funny because that's always been Big Man. Remember season one where he's like trying to just get rid of Gus over and over and over yeah. and ends up, you know, not ever being able to, obviously, but kind of like, you know, getting a little soft spot for the dear boy. Yeah. And and it was like you got to see flashback of Big Man like when it all went down and he's like looking yeah, for his that family. Was tough, that was emotional. Yeah. And um uh, I'm sure he had to go through some crazy stuff after that when he technically joined that um I was glad to hear about his time in that thing too, why he joined it, how it all happened. Um how he wasn't one that was rounding up kids, but you know, he did do bad stuff and Yeah. Yeah, so it was interesting, good. man. It was good. I I I just the whole time when they first go in to um get the kids back in that zoo, I'm just like, come on, man. Like you guys are messing up. I know. Um, but we'll see how it how it plays out. And um I was stoked to see him back. I liked it though. It was good. Yeah, man, me too. I loved it, dude. Do you know what's funny is I talked to my dad today and I, I called him up. I was like, What are you doing? He's like, I'm I'm finishing up Sweet Tooth. I'm on the last <laughs> on the last episode. And I was like, dude, I was stoked that he was watching it. I was like, oh man, that's awesome. I was like, don't tell me anything. I had to, uh, I'll, I'll let you get back to watching it, but don't tell me what, what goes down. And he was like, as I was trying to talk to him, he was watching the show and I was like, dad, just pause it. You, you have a pause button. <laughs> <laughs> but he was so into it. He was just like, I could see him looking at this. I was FaceTiming him, you know, and he was just watching it. And I was like, all right, I can't. So yeah, it's going to be good, bro. Yeah. So pretty stoked on it. Glad it's back. Um, but yeah, as far as anything else, that's really kind of all I got in this week. Um, you get any other reads in or? I only read one other thing. I read Indigo Children number two. And it was cool, man. We got to meet another one of the uh, kids from Mars. His superpower, he's like an architect and his superpower is he can kind of like create anything with his mind. Just oh, really cool. quick. Yeah. And they're on a mission to kind of wake him up. It seems like they're on a mission to wake up all the kids from Mars or all the indigo children. Are they in some and, type of like hyperspace sleep or what, what does it explain? No, that they're, they're like mind wiped. Like he just forgot who he was. He, he's getting mm. like these weird flashbacks and he goes to a therapist because He's dealing with all this stuff. And uh, the the indigo kid from the first one who can kind of manipulate you or like speak to your mind, he kind of just puts his hands on him and says like, wake up. And then he's like, oh my gosh, I remember everything. And 
uh, it was cool, dude. But it was just kind of like a, a little side mission to to find one of the other Indigo kids, and he was a cool character. So I'm still enjoying it. Uh, can't wait to keep up with it, man. But that's the only other thing I read today outside of the Bo Dub. Nice. But dude, next week's gonna be a banger. Dude, what are you looking forward to next week the most? I'll tell you one thing. After the most, oh, I don't know. After Noctera, the last issue of Noctera, what was that? Thirteen, I think. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I got two. I'm looking forward to most the the new Noctera issue. Um, what about um? And don't spit in the wind issue number two. Yeah, I'm yeah. stoked for Saga sixty four, Phantom Road three, Black Cloak five. Those would be the top of my list. Yeah, there's and don't of, spit in the wind. Yeah, there's a lot of cool ones coming out. Another 007 issue number two, I think it is. Hey, do you remember when we first started getting into Skyward? We were trying to look up other things that the uh, writer has done. Yeah. Well, dude, apparently he did this. The same team, the same exact team did this run called Shadecraft. Oh, I've seen that around. Me too. Maybe we should hop into that soon. I bet you it's good. I love this, this so much. Is there a show? I think there's a show called Shadecraft, isn't there? Oh, maybe. But uh, Henderson seems like a cool dude. He commented on our post for the first episode, and you know he was stoked that we loved it so much. And uh, so I accepted his payment then and there for <laughs> talking. <laughs> Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah, I was super stoked that he reached out to us and he, he saw that. And um, yeah, um, I'll have to look at Shadecraft. That looks rad. Yeah, it looks cool, dude. So it should be a fun week. Uh, you know, we'll be hanging in the lair next week, right? Dude, it is on Netflix. Shadecraft? Yeah, I, I, I just looked it up. It says uh, Netflix picks up Shadecraft from Joe Henderson. But it's not out yet. They're just going to do it. This was 2001. Oh, man. So maybe in the future? I don't know. Or maybe There's only one one volume of Shadecraft, it looks like. Yeah. Is that true? Yep. Yeah, 2021. Joe Henderson developing live-action Shadecraft series for Netflix. Huh. Interesting. Yeah, we'll have to check that one out. It says uh, that the main character is afraid of her own shadow. She's a teenager, so she really should have grown out of that by now. But something weird is happening in her small town. Zadie could swear the shadows are coming to life, watching her, trying to kill her. But how do you fight something you can't even touch? And how does all of this tie in with her family? Interesting. I just got to say two things about that. One, when I was a kid growing up, I knew a kid who was afraid of their shadow. Really? Yep. And um, so... (sighs) I don't know. Two, I I seen the funniest meme I've ever seen, and it had to do with Is that the, the one kid you sent me with Cornelius afraid of his own shadow, or no, he's afraid of his own scream, and like he screamed once, and then he freaks out because he keeps screaming, and he's like afraid of his own scream, and it's hysterical. Dude, that'd be so crazy to be scared of something like that, man. Could you yeah. like? Well, I don't know. Uh, I'm deathly scared of aliens, and that's just weird. I don't even know why. They just uh, freak me out. I think that's a little understandable. <laughs> Thanks. You're right. Uh, <laughs> the unknown, like being scared of some, the unknown makes sense, but being scared of something like your scream seems a little bit like you need to get some help, bro. <laughs> yeah, I think it's meant to be funny just because that that meme is hilarious. But um, anyways, yeah, it's going to be a good, good week next week. We're going to be hanging in there. Hopefully get a uh, lot of reading in this coming up week. And um, 
A lot of good books coming out this week, man. So it should be good. Oh, yeah, dude. Another cool thing. I'll be recording uh, another story time with our buddy Ross this week. So I'll be catching up with him on all things Marvel. And uh, yeah, that should be a good time. You know, I don't really keep up with it. So he's going to be the he's going to be the layer Marvel guru. Definitely, because um, there's there's so much Marvel out there. I don't keep don't up even with sugarcoat hardly. it, bro. I don't keep up with it, any. It's of just it. too much. Yeah. So that should be fun. Keep your uh, eyes out on the feed for when that drops. And uh, just a reminder: check out Coffee in a Comic dot uh, com. Frank, I say the same thing every week, and it's just because I mean it. Frank's a rad dude with a rad shop. Uh, make sure you enter our coupon code at checkout. The comic book lair in all caps to save yourself fifteen percent. Um, yeah, he's got a, if you're in the uh, Southern California area, he's got a rad thing going on for free comic book day. He's going to have Jonathan Chance down there. Uh, some coffee, I'm not going to pronounce it right, but it's like Sona, Sony, uh, coffee roasters are going to be down there supporting free comic book day. And, uh, yeah, man. And follow him on Instagram. He's always posting really cool stuff, uh, for previews and, um, yeah, he's got a lot of cool stuff to say too about, um, his coffee and a comic yeah. during a week. He'll, he'll read a book and yeah. And he's got a, I, I don't know if he's been doing it as much, but I was on his website the other day and I noticed he's been leaving reviews on like a blog over there. So kind of cool. He's, he's, uh, he's, he's doing a lot of stuff and he's, he's just a really nice guy. And if you don't have a shop, make sure you check it out because it's well worth it to uh, support Frank and what he's doing over there. at coffee and a comic.com. But anyway, buddy, <laughs> How can people keep up with us and all the things we've got going on? Definitely subscribe to our show. Go ahead and share it with a friend. We'd really appreciate that. Spread the word around about the lair and uh, be on the lookout for the uh, the little uh, story time with Ross. That'll be super fun. Head on over to our uh, Instagram page at the comic book lair. Uh, see what we're reading, what we've got coming up and yeah. uh, join us over on our discord. Uh, we'd love to meet you. We'd love to chat with you, see what you're reading, what you're watching. And um, if you're reading Skyward, and um, want to let us? I, I want to hear what you think about it, especially Volume Two is a little different. And um, you can—I know you can catch Volume One on Comicsology for free. Um, you can go over to InStock Trade; they have a, uh, the deluxe hardcover. What Kyle is reading it out of, and um, Heck yeah. get a good deal over there if you're looking for that. Oh yeah, and just because uh, I, I keep forgetting to mention it, our buddy over on Discord, GN GN Manga Nerd, Manga Nerd. Uh, he has commented a couple of times on our Instagram that he loves Skyward and thinks it's a great kind of all ages story that everybody should read. So shout out to him for participating in the convo on Skyward. And uh, we definitely like to know what uh, everyone else is thinking about this series because I'm digging it, man. Yeah, we'd love to hear from you and uh, keep reading comics. Cowabunga, nerds. Like the sound of the Comic Book Layer podcast? Our audio production is provided by Rosecat Audio. Check out Rosecat Audio at rosecataudio.com. R-O-S-E-K-A-T audio.com.